Hi, everyone, and welcome to Nunes Nunchi's podcast. I'm so excited to have my special guest today, Kat Turner, who I met on Clubhouse. Isn't that cool? We just, you know, you meet friends on Clubhouse, you've never seen them. So this is my first time meeting her, but I love it. She is a Korean adoptee. But what got me was the first time I heard her on Clubhouse talk about her experience watching Crash Landing on You. We'll start there. And just how she's discovered her own identity through watching K-dramas. We're going to talk about that. Kat, I'd love for you to introduce yourself. Hi. Yes, as Jeannie said, I'm Kat Turner. Uh, I am a Korean adoptee. I uh, was born in supposedly Busan, um, grew up in Iowa, and I am currently based out of Atlanta, Georgia. So yeah, I let's get right into it. I loved hearing your story, um, just how you first watched Crash Landing. Let's talk about how you first got into K-dramas. What got you to watch Crash Landing on you? Which, is, you know, I don't blame you. It's a great K-drama, but how'd you get started? Yeah, you know, I have known about K-dramas for a few years because my, I call her my sister friend, who is another Korean adoptee, has been watching them for several years. And I would always chuckle when I'd see her on her phone and she's so engrossed in these. And um, me uh, being what I would call myself as the arrogant, ignorant American, I'm just like, oh, isn't she so cute? Probably watching those little black and white 50s Korean productions or whatever. I mean, cause there's just no way Korea could be doing anything on the level of us, right? I mean, like, but like everybody else, we're in the lockdown. I have gone through, binged every show that I'm interested in watching, you know, normally on all the streaming services. And um, a pop's crash landing on you. And I, I think I probably literally said to myself, Netflix has Korean dramas, really? And, you know, it doesn't take long when you get into it to be like, oh my gosh, you know? Um, and yeah, I was literally hooked. And um, I would say that that watching that changed my life and changed who I am, which sounds dramatic, but I mean, we're talking about K-drama, so we might as well call it way here, right? Yeah, so. No, and I don't think it's dramatic and I, well, K-drama's dramatic, but think about it. Why am I even talking about mental health in K-drama? So I think there's a lot there. So when you first watched it, and of course, it is a beautiful story. It's very well done. What, I mean, what drew you in? What was the immediate thing when you realize, wait a second, there's something to K-dramas, what did you uncover specifically about yourself as you're watching it? I, I think for me, you know, growing up in a Western narrative, and I'm sure that you understand some of this as well as a Korean American. I mean, we are told that, you know, Asians are lesser than, and especially Asian men, hmm. um, that they're not attractive. They're basically, you know, um, emasculated, you know, throughout our media, right? Yep. They're always the joke, never the lead. Um, and so to watch a production that's 16 episodes long, and I think Crash Landing on You, their episodes were like closer to an hour and a half, if I'm not mistaken, oh, for, yeah. for episodes. So we're talking a, a lot of TV. To see just so many people, women and men, in so many different situations and to see them, I mean, Korean soldiers, right? That's the, talk about masculine and Hyun Bin, I mean like, oh my gosh. I'm like, literally I'm like, they've been lying to me. They've been lying to me. What do you mean Korean men aren't, or Asian men aren't good looking? I mean, because we're told that 
And the only examples we're shown in Western media generally are kind of a joke mm-hmm. or the closest yeah. to serious or being compliment are, are the um, martial art things. But even then we don't want to just be known for martial arts. So we kind of tend to almost, you know, put those, you know, to the side a little bit because we don't want to just be known for that. And so just to see that and the, you know, the five guys that are his soldier friends as well, they're just, they're endearing and they're lovable. And, you know, you, yes, you have Hyun Bin who is on one end of the spectrum, who's just like hyper handsome and good looking, right? And then you, but you also have through the soldiers, you have just normal average, you know, people or through the employees in the the storyline at um, Yoon Seri's company, you see average Mm -hmm. um, Asian guys as well. But literally just to see everything Korean, 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 Korean. I mean, everything. And to watch this story unfold was, I mean, I didn't know I needed it until Mm -hmm. I watched it. And I didn't know it would change me until I watched it and I let myself absorb into that, if that makes sense. It does make sense. So on that note, when you said it it, it changed me, what changed? If if you were to ask me before I watched a K-drama, when are you proud of being Korean? And if so, when did you become proud of being Korean? Because I definitely grew up the majority of my life being embarrassed and being ashamed because I grew up in a, in a, I mean, I have five brothers and three sisters. I have one other Korean adoptee brother, not biological to me. And then I have two siblings who are biracial as in part black, part white. Then I have five biological white siblings. And sometimes, you know, in my home, you know, I'm basically the only Asian other than my brother. In my school, many times, you know, I was the only Asian. In my church, sometimes the entire town. Unless you look in the mirror, everything you see is white, right? Mm -hmm. So um, you don't want to stand out because that's also what you get made fun of for your eyes and for your nose and that, you know, or your accent that they think you should have, you know, those are the way they make fun of you. So you don't want to identify Asian at all, right? And so um, in 1999, I connected for the first time with Korean adoptees, because even if I had an opportunity to be around other adoptees, generally, you know, you kind of shy away from that because it just brings more attention to the fact that you're Asian and and not white, which is what you're used to looking into. Mm -hmm. So um, in 1999, I went to the gathering in Washington, D.C., which brought together the first generation of Korean adoptees. And I definitely made a real connection with other Korean adoptees, understanding how much we understood each other and that these people understood me ways that people who have known me my entire life never will. So up until last year, I would have said, yeah, ever since 1999, I'm, I'm proud of being Korean hmm. until I watched K-dramas and I realized, hmm, I think I was proud of being a Korean adoptee because I still didn't really have the desire to go to Korea. I had a more curiosity but I didn't really have that strong desire. And now, I mean, seeing all the different things, but there's somewhere in the back of my brain that I pictured Korea being like what they showed us North Korea is like, really, you know, more backwards, more simple, um, you know, not having the latest, greatest or whatever. And so, um, you know, finding that and seeing that, um, it changed me in that finally, they showed me, yes, I can be proud of Korea. Yes, we have a lot of things to be proud about where up until that point, 
I don't think I had really very much been shown, this is why you should be proud of Korean. This is why you can be proud of being Korean. That's super cool. So crash landing on you. Now, I want to say that was your first. How many have you watched since? Can you? Um, can we stop camera? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I think I've, I, I've probably watched somewhere in the neighborhood of maybe 55K dramas. That is- Remember, we've been in a pandemic. True. There, has, there hasn't been things to do, you know? I mean, what else are you supposed to do? They, I they mean, but I'm amazed. Oh my gosh. That, so- Okay, so crash landing on you is just the beginning. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like honestly, 52. I mean, I well, this probably I don't want to say it's average, it's more than average, but I feel like I probably am up there, but it's just a lot because you've never seen them before, right? You right. squeeze it all in one year. So you basically went, people say rabbit hole, but I don't think it's rabbit hole because I it is. I, I'm I'm fine with it being a rabbit hole. Well, I, I meant really jumped right it, down it. <laughs> but I'm defending it. There's it's a it's a rabbit hole you're discovering. Mm -hmm. So then now being okay so you're what is your now that you've watched it what are some things this is a loaded question that you have appreciated about your identity both as a korean adoptee but also korean where are you in your identity journey after watching 50 plus k dramas i think one of the like i said before the best things about it is it gave me a curiosity about the country where i was born and to know more about it um i am a picky eater I don't like a lot of vegetables, fruit, or seafood. Probably never going to win me over to seafood. But up until then, you know, I'm a meat and potatoes girl. I grew up in Iowa, right? And up until then, I have eaten bulgogi and kalbi, right? Because those are strong meat dishes. And of course, I love rice and I love noodles. But, you know, you go to a Korean restaurant and you have all the panchan. Mm -hmm. No, I think I've seen like a couple times chapje, maybe some little potatoes. Those are the, that's as brave as I would get. But between watching uh, food on K-dramas like um, chocolate, mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen that one, but the okay. food is so beautiful. Yeah. The presentation and looks so yummy on that. And then also, I know it's not a K-drama, but watching Yoon's Kitchen and Yoon's Stay. Yes. Oh, and yeah. the way they present the food okay. there, it's like, I need to try this. Especially even in, in Yoon's Kitchen, I remember... Um, they were doing kind of like a test before they launched and opened the restaurant, that pop-up restaurant in Spain. Mm -hmm. And the two European women that were testing it, they almost looked like they didn't really want to try it. And it made me mad, which is interesting because like I'm a picky eater and there's a lot of things that I won't try because I'm a picky eater based on smell or based on texture or just what I think it's going to be. And that also, I, I think it insulted me. You know, I was, I I took it personal. What do you mean? You don't want to try this Korean food, even though I personally have also been that person that wouldn't try it. Right. Oh. Um, so I happen to live in an area, I believe we have like the third largest Korean population in the country. You do. You do. And so, um, granted it's during the pandemic. So, you know, same as everybody else, uh, restaurants and things aren't open the way they normally are, but it got to a point around my birthday last year and we did go up to the Duluth area and we went to a Korean restaurants. And I'd say it's definitely more traditional. And I just said, I'm going to try every single panchan, you know? And I did, I mean, like it might've been the first time I ate broccoli and I didn't die. I lived, I'm still here. Did you like it? Yeah. What did you think? Okay. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know that I like suddenly want to start eating broccoli all the time, but I'm like, that one has a little bit of a texture thing with it, you know, but 
But every single one, I'm like, okay, this was fine. And some of them I would say I actually liked and I will eat this, I will eat this again. But without Korean dramas, I would not have done that. But they show the food so yummy. And it also gave me that curiosity that I want, that I wanted to try that. And I also have started to cook because it's like, because of the pandemic, we can't always get to the restaurants, right? Yes. So one of my kids gave me two Korean cookbooks for um, Christmas. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I make a pretty good chapjay. And I, and I realized even by watching Yoon's Kitchen that, hey, I think what I'm doing is legit because I saw, you know, Pak Yeah, Soon. and that's high maintenance chapjay. I think yeah. I've it twice in my life just because of the time. Yeah, no, I love it. So I, I feel definitely feel more legit Korean, you know, being able to do that. But um, it, 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 like I said, when you see that in a sense where it can actually give you pride and not embarrassment, mm -hmm. that, I mean, that is why representation matters. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that's why. And as much as I love K-dramas, and I really honestly don't really even watch American TV anymore. The one show that I've been watching, it's kind of like, yeah, it's not really doing anything for me. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's just because I, I'm so used now to watching Korean, but, um, but yeah, it's just like definitely a game changer. That's cool. I love the fact that you got so loyal about, hey, you're not trying this Korean food. You're right. I, I'll, it'll be like midnight. I'm watching something. I'm like, I need some ramen. I need to go right now and get a kimchi bowl. I mean, it's it's terrible what K-dramas will do because you <laughs> want to eat the food. That's awesome. So then what are some K-dramas that you can list that you feel like have helped you still discover? Because I feel like, I don't know how old you are, but you're discovering an identity that you didn't really identify with before. Does that make sense? And all of a sudden, so would you say that, how do you identify yourself now when people share? I mean, you, I know your story, but- when people just, do you say Korean adopt you or do you say Korean? I mean, have you seen yourself shift in the way you present yourself? I think I will always first be a Korean adoptee, second be Korean American, and third be Korean. Because I realize no matter what, um, I know that like you and I have overlap, you being a Korean American growing up in your, um, you know, with your biological family. Yeah. But literally I have, I have nothing Korean or Asian that I knew um, before watching K-dramas for the most part. Mm -hmm. So every, I'm, I say I'm the, you know, what's his name? Um, Jumok, uh, who learned everything about Korea in Crash Landing on You from oh, watching yeah, yeah, K-dramas, yeah. right? He was like an expert on, on South Korea because of watching K-dramas. I tease no. and say that that's, I'm, that I'm him. But um, I also know that even here in America, and especially when I go to Korea, it is going to be obvious my lack um, of what I don't know, even though I'm trying to learn the language now as well. That's something also that I've taken up. Um, clear, clearly, I'm lacking. It even shows up when I go when I go to a Korean restaurant or when I go to H Mart, and I'm not sure which noodle do I buy or which is this or which is that, um, you know, soy sauce, and can I use this one instead of that one? So I think Korean adoptee because it it explains, you know, why I am like I am, especially thinking about when I go back to Korea, because mm. I'm not 100% sure how accepted I will be, because I feel like I've been told that there's a lot of shame, you know, around the, you know, the adoptees. And so I'm not exactly how that will manifest itself as far as reaction and accepting me in Korea. But um, 
Yeah, I would say that's so strongly rooted in who I am and, and how I am that that will be my first, but proudly Korean and proudly Asian, which if you know on my uh, profile picture on Clubhouse, my little beanie hat that I have from canvassing um, with the Asian um, American um, Advocacy Fund, you know, I have this hat that says Asian AF and it's like, that's me. Yep, that's me. And very proud of that. But I, I don't know. I don't think I could have said that a year ago. It was starting to shift a little bit because I have been doing um, some work with the Asian American um, uh, Advancing Justice here at Atlanta um, mm -hmm. in the 2018 election and then now again with the 2020 election. So I was stepping my toe into that world a little bit, but having watched the dramas makes me feel definitely more legit, if that makes sense. Cool, it does make sense. So I think it's interesting. You've seen the E10 one class, right? I have. Because I was gonna say you saw 50 plus. So I'm pretty yes. sure you saw. Yes. Um, remember that scene where Tony, you know, he's Guinean, Guinean Korean, and he mm -hmm. identifies Korean. Mm -hmm. I think that's a poignant moment because it's really at the end of the day, he was so convinced. He actually looked, remember he actually looked confused. He's like, What do you mean I'm Korean? You know, I'm speaking Korean to you. He speaks Korean better than me. Anyways, um, I I just think that's poignant. So I feel like just to tell you, when you go to Korea, I don't think it matters as long as you're presenting yourself competently, like saying, no, I'm Korean American. Because I will tell you, people will think I'm not Korean enough. Right. Right. Just because of the language. The language is a big deal. I don't know the nuances. You know, the amount of honorifics that we got to know. I don't so I'm like what? what? So how do I address the teacher and what the yeah. it's it's confusing even for us and we grew up with it kind of yes. So yes. that's just to encourage you going. I, I feel yeah. the same way. I I loved uh, Chris Lyon, the character Kim okay. Tony in Ethan yeah. class, both because you know he was looking for his his father. Mm -hmm. So I related to that, even though he wasn't adopted. He was still an outsider, so to speak. At least the Koreans view him as an outsider, looking for coming back and looking for his father, and he needed to be accepted by his Korean, um, you know, Amoni grandma, mm -hmm. grandmother. Yeah. And so, uh, even though I'm not black, I have similar. I feel like our that story lined up close enough with me that my journey will be somewhat similar too. And unlike him, where everybody thought he should speak English. When I go back, everybody's going to expect me to speak Korean. Right. When I don't. So the to point. me, it was it was definitely still still relatable, and I loved that Et One class was willing to put that storyline in, into the drama. Yeah, and it's poignant, very poignant. Overall, even I've been surprised at um, you know my lovely Kim Samsoon was the first one I was watching when uh, Daniel Henney's character. Mm -hmm. is his mom is literally a Korean adoptee as the storyline. I mean, my jaw just went. <laughs> I forget that because I saw it so long ago. Yeah, and I'm like, wait, I thought that Korea was embarrassed of, but, of us, but if they're willing to put that as a storyline, are, are they, it can't be that horrible, right? Yeah, and again, you're talking about the narrative that you're told, right? Well, yes. you've seen Vincenzo, you've seen, mm -hmm. we're talking a lot of adoptee stories in these K-dramas. Yes, and Chocolate has one as well. Okay, I don't know if you remember yeah. the adoptee who has cancer and he's in the hospice. Ah, and right. I feel mom, like no. his white mom comes with them to, and they. You're right. Every, but if you look at a lot of K dramas now that I'm talking, if you look at me, I'm having a revelation. There's a lot of adoptee yep. stories, right? There are. Have you seen Vincenzo Healer? Is, the, is the first one I think where they, or at least the first one I'm aware where they made him the main character. 
But I can relate to that. I loved it when everybody's like, Vincenzo Cassano, how does a Korean man have, how are you Vincenzo Cassano? Because I grew up with the last name of Faltzcraft and the same thing, people are kind of looking at me, especially when I see both parents and not one parent is Asian. Mm-hmm. So, how did that happen so yeah uh, adoptees love that love that part of the of Vincenzo. yeah I love it and then you know the Korean saying corn salad because yeah. they couldn't say his name yes. I know that's funny but Vincenzo did you see healer I have not seen healer because I need to watch okay. that so one of these I... days we'll talk about healer okay. because uh the adopt the main character is an adoptee yeah. too it, you know in Vincenzo though I think for me, one of the one of the most poignant moments in Vincenzo is he is riding in the car with uh, is it uh, Cha Young Sun? I'm not Cha Young. Why can I remember her Girl? name? Yes. Oh, uh, Cha Hong Hong Cha Young. Hong Cha Young. Yes. Hong yes. Yeah. So, and I pride myself on knowing their names, and right now I was just like escaping. Me. I don't. I don't know. Them. But um, I think she's asking him how he got to be such a good fighter, and he says in there because as a young Asian kid he needed to know how to defend himself against the big white Asian kids. And that spoke volumes to me that meant somebody somewhere in Korea understood what Korean adoptees go through that have been shipped out to all these different countries and that were growing up in families that don't look like us. That Just that one scene and that one line of him saying that I had to do that to be able to defend myself against the big white racist kids. Wow, when was this? Because I love how you see, we see different things in K-dramas, right? Mm-hmm. That's a great yeah. line. Do you remember the episode? Cause I wanna rewatch that. That's really awesome. I don't, but if you go in my Instagram, I actually have it in you? Okay. one of my things. And I might've put the episode in there. If I haven't, I will okay. find the episode and I will and I will go edit yeah, it. But that's great. In there. Yeah. Right, I'm glad you liked Vincent. I liked it too. I really liked the way yeah. there was, yeah. There's a lot to that. So that said, since I like to intersect K-dramas and mental health. What's mm-hmm. your take on how K-drama, the experience of watching K-dramas have done for your mental health? Well, from a standpoint of during the pandemic, it's, and also the last five years here in the United States, um, it has just been, it's like a breath of fresh air. Mm. And it's just, it's a time where you can just kind of let down you know, sometimes like when I say how many K-dramas I've watched, that can be somewhat embarrassing because it's like, oh, what a waste of time. You're just sitting in front of the TV. I think it's cool. But for me, um, you know, even as a former broadcast journalist, I don't watch the news anymore. I can't take it anymore. I can't just have that coming, coming, coming. And so K-dramas are a release and they let you, you know, sometimes jump into fantasy Sometimes you're questioning things because some of those issues like Itaewon class or chocolate, I mean, they're talking about literal current day issues that are going on in Korea. And you kind of wonder how does that, you know, play here in America as well. But it's, it's, it lets you escape a little bit. It also lets me um, see things from a Korean side and, and kind of, you know, ask myself, well, what do I think? Because I am this and I am that and, and combining that. But um, from a from a mental health standpoint, I would say they've been life saving and also life giving both. Wow! Ooh, that's an awesome quote. Quote Cat Turner. <laughs> <laughs> life saving and life giving. I love it. it. Just gave me chills. So then, final question: If you, and it's this is always a tough one because I ask you for one K drama, mm-hmm. but nobody ever really gives me one. What's 
the one K drama that you can, and I know it may be crash landing, but really that has changed your life for the better. Yeah. How, how are you going to tell me to do it down to one? <laughs> I, I mean, there's because, kind of one that comes right to mind. I mean, if, if it has to be one, obviously crash landing because it introduced me to it. Right. But, um, city hunter was also very poignant for me because Eamon Ho's character in that was kind of an adoptee as well. Mm -hmm. And he was raised outside of his country, even though it, it was an Asian country that he was raised in, it yeah. was outside. And yeah. he had, I think, three different names. I also have three different names. I have my Korean name. I have my American name. And actually I have two Korean names because it was, that's a whole nother story, the wrong name and the right name. Oh gosh. My American name and then my, my nickname. So I can relate to the different identities, but also in that one, it shows his birth mother, um, you know, sa saved a, a clothing item from her baby that was taken from her and wondering about him. And it shows him you know, being resentful, you know, why did he, why did she give me up? They both were told different stories. They, it was a whole mix up. And so it allowed me to question my own story and the narratives that were told as adoptees. Yeah. Maybe I was given up freely. Good chance I was, but maybe I wasn't. Maybe someone there has been wondering about me. Maybe once a year on my birthday, somebody wonders about me. So that one mm. opened more doors because in that storyline it let me see the path he went through and it so much mirrored my own my own path and also as adult there's one scene where he comes to Seoul for the first time as an adult he's standing in front of that fountain kind of which maybe you know mm -hmm. where that's at yeah no I don't and um, the scene. it's the slow-mo and you can tell he's thinking and I'm like yeah I'd like someone to film me my first time when I walk into Seoul too you know what I mean and like yeah. what is that gonna what is that gonna feel like so that one maybe you know that's super cool yeah you saw that like where did you see that in the last year where did i would fall? say probably because it took me a while to find it because mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's not readily available it's not right and so i had to do a little bit of a deep dive but i i've also watched it more than once um so i'm gonna say maybe midway midway through oh. i found that so and this is so you're just proving to me how we view all of us UK K dramas and yes, the ones, some people have different tastes, right? But mm -hmm. the fact that we have different experiences watching it, yes. you know, I do recall that of course, but I remember also recalling the, the love story and just how cool it was, you know, but that's just me. But then there's other things that we recall. So I, I'm so now I'm going to see things in it. That's why I love talking and have these guests to see different perspectives of how we view K dramas. Yeah. That one, that one impacted me so much. I wrote a separate blog post just on that. Oh my gosh. On that okay. One. You know, so you nature versus posts. nurture. So you're writing blog posts on K dramas. Yep. I have a blog post on crash landing on you too, as far as how it changed my okay. life. And then city hunter, because it, it puts that whole nature versus nurture question out there. That's true. It, you know, so it, I really related to that on so many. And levels. that is a big part of even studies of mental health. Like yeah. how, yeah, there is nature versus nature, uh, nature versus nurture. So any last words? No, I, I, I appreciate you bringing me on here, being able to meet you face to face for the first time. Yeah. I love being clubhouse has been another discovery for me. I only discovered that in February, mm -hmm. but, um, I literally will kind of, if I haven't been on you know, in the K dramatics club or the K drama club, it's like, I need my fix. 
and yeah. I'll have to host my own room if I can't make yes, it. Yes, you can. Else. I mean, I know. I always tell the cage around exposed. I'm sorry, I can't make your thing because it's it's been yeah. super busy, but yeah. it's so much fun. It's good for my mental health when I talk about cage drama. It is. Sometimes we but we go really lighthearted and we're just yeah. talking about, oh, they're handsome or they're cute. And other times we're deep diving, like what we've done here more. And we're talking about what does it really mean or yeah. Yeah. But I, I meant to ask you this, and I, this, of course, I threw in another question, was the fact that um, sometimes, because I've, I've heard you often enough now in Clubhouse, you'll talk about K-dramas, and when you're talking to the bigger audience that's non-K-drama related, you know, when we're talking about adoptees or in the adoptee route, I hear, I hear you a little sheepish about K-dramas. I'm wondering about that. Sheepish in that meaning acknowledging, because I, I understand that, especially people who have never watched K-dramas, mm-hmm. again, remember before I watched one? Mm-hmm. As the arrogant, ignorant American. I gotcha. So I know that they're looking at me similarly. Oh, isn't she cute? She's watching those K-dramas. And in reality, I don't know about you, but I've met a number of people that aren't Korean and they're not Asian and they love K-dramas as well. And a lot of them have discovered them during the pandemic. I have Mm -hmm. friends who are, you know, taking... Um, Korean lessons to speak Korean because of K-dramas or because of K-pop and they're not Asian they're not Korean and so Mm -hmm. it's not just it's not just me there is you don't have to be Korean I mean look at the K-dramatics folks people they're like expert K-drama people exactly exactly they're non-Korean so I just I want to acknowledge when I am speaking outside of uh, the a Korean room or K-dramatics room I want to acknowledge that I realize that your first um, impression if you're not familiar with k-dramas is probably to oh <laughs> I but i also then take it just a little bit further because while it can be a little bit funny it's actually very serious and as i said before too as much as i love k-dramas isn't it a shame that i have to go all the way to korea for representation i should be able to have that representation here and i think it's just you and i were talking now globally but especially here in the United States, you go on TikTok, the people that are posting um, videos about K-dramas is, are all races, you know, all colors, all backgrounds. And America needs to start giving us representation. It doesn't have to be a Korean story even. It doesn't, right? you're right, you you're right. Just put the faces and the actors and the actresses in there and you can't tell us people won't tune in. If they're willing to watch with subtitles, Yes. They're willing to watch with subtitles 16 hours. Don't tell me they aren't going to watch an hour a week or a two hour movie with right. us and people that look a, like us in there. Oh, that's a great, just clap, clap, clap. That's true. And yeah, no, I have some black friends. I'll tell you that are like, you didn't watch this K-drama. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're schooling me on K-drama, yes. <laughs> you know? Exactly. And so exactly. I love it, but I welcome it. I'm like, never would I've thought growing up. I would get someone telling me about Korean culture and how much they love it. Exactly. That, that's and non-Korean. Even, yeah. Know? And even though I'm, as I say, even though I'm late to the dance, so to speak, now that I found it, I also want to take ownership and I want to be part of it. And I want to be an ambassador because, um, you know, there, it does a lot of good in the world, you know, on so many different levels. And so I am Korean. And so, yeah, I want to, I want to be, I want to be part of it. Well, I want to tell you, you are being a great ambassador. So Thank you for this conversation. And I can't wait for you. You should watch Healer next. Just a suggestion so we could talk more about it. 
want to know your take on it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll put it on my list. I think it's on my list, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I have like 15 on my list too. So <laughs> I know it's like every time I, every time I go on clubhouse, I'm like, what? I got to see another one that you guys mentioned that I didn't see or didn't want to see. And yeah. true beauty was one of them that I saw recently that I didn't want to see. And but what it's did so you good. think? It's you, good. Like, you did like it. I will be honest. I didn't want to see because I was like, why would I watch this? But then I was bored one day and I was kind of waiting for Vincenzo or whatever it was. Yeah. And I played it. And then I was like, what? Here's my bottom line. Never underestimate a K-drama, like just by the cover. I was like, yeah. what was I thinking? Of course I would like it. There's some yeah. touching story. Yeah. And yeah. no, I started crying in the first episode. Yeah. Well, and the nice thing is too, is that K-dramas, there are, it's just like, it's just like American TV, which that's another thing. I think that people see K-dramas and they think, oh, just romance, right? Yeah. But there are, you know, you look at law school mm -hmm. and while there might be a few little kind of like uh, romance stories in their storyline in there, the main focus is not romance, right? It's right. legal. Right. You know, it's, right. it'd be, it'd be like, um, well, you know, Vincenzo but, was barely romantic. We knew that it happened toward the end, but it was really Vincenzo and the yeah. story and people and yeah exactly so, so i think there's all sorts there's all sorts of genres within that genre if that makes sense totally so totally my, my my friends i found out my white friends the first thing i went to a couple of weeks ago was a birthday party for my friend she and her husband she goes guess what we're watching we we watched a police k-drama and now netflix is suggesting all these police k-dramas to us and we're watching all police ones so that is i so hadn't funny. even heard of the one she's watching because they they're watching cop ones so yeah no they do i mean the koreans do a good job so that said yeah. i'm so excited we'll have more conversations thank you kat for joining nunez thank Nunes you podcast thanks for listening in guys please keep tuning in for the nunez new podcast where we do deep dives and reactions to some of your favorite K-dramas. Thanks guys. Annyeong. I love that. You can listen in on platforms such as Spotify, Pandora, Google, and Apple, but also watch the podcast on our Nunez Nunchi YouTube channel every Monday where it launches at 6 p.m. Eastern.